Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. This episode is brought to you by Your Everyday Faith, a new shop on Etsy that specializes in prayer tools that help deepen your everyday faith. This shop started as a desire to inspire prayer throughout the home and as a way to share the faith with others. Check out their collection of items from beautifully handcrafted rosaries featuring saints such as Josephine Bikita to home goods to items intended to get children excited about their faith. You can find the shop at youreverydayfaith.etsy.com. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand-illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. If you love listening to Saints Alive, please consider donating so that we can continue to create these episodes. You can donate anywhere from $2 to $30 a month with some fun perks to go along with your patronage. Check out our Patreon account, which you can find through the donation page on our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. Today, we will hear the story of Saint Josephine Bakita, a woman of monumental faith that found freedom in Christ after a life spent in slavery. She was born around the year 1869 in a small village of Olgosa in the Darfur region of Sudan. During this time, there weren't many Christians in this area of Africa, and Bakita didn't know who Jesus was. She lived a happy life amongst her tribe until the day her life was changed forever. A young girl ran through the dusty plain. Her friend, Abina, following close behind. The morning air was already thick with heat, but they didn't mind. This was their favorite time of day. The tambuki grass grazed their legs as they raced along the riverbed, and the sun was just beginning to rise on the horizon. All was still. The girl felt the familiar ache in her legs and smiled. 
She pushed through the pain, stretching out her legs and running as fast as she could. When she reached the great marula tree, she finally stopped, gasping for air, smiling from ear to ear. Well, then it's time for a fair match. On your mark, get set, go. Shh! Don't move. I just had something. The girl stood frozen in place, trying to stifle her breath as her heart beat like a drum in her chest. The bush in front of them rustled again, and she slowly leaned down and picked up a long stick, positioning it like a spear. She braced herself for a lion to lunge at them. With each bated breath, she wanted to run, but knew she could never leave Abina behind. The bushes rustled once more, and to her surprise, two men emerged, one holding sparkling jewels, the other firewood. Oh, we're so relieved to see you. We thought there was a lion. <laughs> <laughs> As it so happens, a lion might have been a better fate. I don't understand. Run, Abina! Run! The young girl grabbed her friend's hand and sprinted as fast as she could away from the men. Only years before, her eldest sister had been kidnapped, and they had never seen her again. Her greatest fear had come true, as the men chased after them, a look of greed on their faces, daggers in hand. Bikita ran like she never had before, dragging Abina through the desert. They had just reached the edge of their tribe, the small huts just on the periphery and safety within reach. But in that same moment, Abina fell to the ground, dragging both girls down. Before they had time to get up, the kidnappers grabbed them and began to drag them away from the home and tribe they loved. The young girl tried to scream, but was knocked to the ground, and then everything faded away. She woke with a start, looking around the dimly lit hut. Chains shackled her wrists, and her body ached. She closed her eyes tightly and held her pounding head, trying to remember what had happened. She remembered running, falling, and then darkness. In that same moment, a door was flung open and light poured forth. She squinted, and in a flash, the memory of it all flooded her mind. She had been kidnapped. Move! Get up! It's time to make use of you. And don't even think about running away. This time, I won't be as merciful. What is your name? I... 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 
just as well. I have the perfect name for you, Bakita, the lucky one. <laughs> the man smiled maliciously before shoving her into a long caravan of men, women, and children marching through the woods. She had no choice but to walk on. She was a slave. They walked with nothing but scraps of food and sips of water to sustain them. They were beaten, threatened, and terrified. After several treacherous weeks, the band of slaves and their captors were brought to the slave market in the city of El Obeid. Line up, all of you. It's time for my hard work to pay off. The slaves shuffled into the center of the city, metal collars shackling them together. Most hung their heads, their legs blistered and bleeding from the sun and terrain they had endured. But Bakita looked up, taking in the crowd of wealthy men, circling, eyeing the slaves like livestock. She took a deep breath and let her dark, kind eyes take it all in, holding on to hope with everything left in her. Out of the corner of her eye, Bikita saw a tall, Arab man hand over some coins and point directly to her. That one. The young girl. What did I tell you, little Bikita? You really are the lucky one. Bikita was bought and sold five times over the next several years, but she would never forget her first home as a slave. The Arab chief brought her to his decadent mansion, and she felt a sense of relief wash over her. No matter what awaited her here, at least she would have shelter, a dry place to sleep, and the knowledge of where she would be the next day. Bikita stood in the grand entryway, marveling at the ornate detail of the home when two young girls raced down the winding staircase and into their father's arms. Ah, my little cherubs, how I missed you so. And girls, I brought you a gift. Oh, our very own slave. Just like we asked, thank you. This is Bakita. She will care for you and she's to do everything. You ask of her. Understand? Yes. Come, Bakita. We'll show you to our room. Bakita's heart ached for home and freedom. But her life had become bearable and predictable once more. The two young girls had endless demands fanning them in the heat, cleaning up their incessant messes, and playing with them. But she was treated fairly by the girls, and had food to eat and a straw mat to sleep on. She held fast to what was good and kindled the hope of freedom in the recesses of her heart. But everything came crashing down one sweltering day in September. Fetch me my red sash. I want to try it on with my new gown. Yes, Paquita, and I need my hairbrush. Of course. Paquita, 
I have a request for you. Nadim, she doesn't answer to you. But Kita is our slave. Silence! Now listen to me, you filthy girl. Go fetch the crystal vase in the Grand Hall and bring it to me, now! Yes, Nadim. The chief's son, Nadim, loathed Bikita and would go out of his way to make her day difficult. She walked down the marble stairs, fighting the growing feeling of dread with this request. When she stepped into the Grand Hall, the vase was even bigger than she had remembered a crystal monstrosity weighing close to 50 pounds. She took a deep breath and lifted it off the base. Slowly, she walked back to Nadim, taking each step as carefully as possible and hugging the vase tightly. She let out a sigh of relief once she reached the top of the stairs. But, to her horror, the vase slipped from her grasp and shattered into hundreds of pieces. What was that? What have you done? I'm so sorry. It was an accident. I, I didn't mean to You will pay for this. This was an heirloom. You dropped it to punish us. Well, this is your last mistake. I guess you aren't so lucky after all, are you, Bakita? Nadim, no. She didn't mean it. But it was too late. Bakita thought about running, but knew she would never escape from the enclosed estate. Nadim brandished his whip and strode towards her, his eyes flashed with an evil hunger. He had been waiting for this. It took an entire month for Bakita to recover from Nadim's beating. She was cared for by her fellow servants and nursed back to health. But this was only the beginning of what she would have to endure. Nadim insisted that she leave the family and was brought to El Obeid and sold once more, this time to a Turkish general. Bakita was assigned to care for the general's wife and lived through years of agony and torture. Through it all, she never lost her gentle demeanor and quiet strength. What did you do this time? Hmm? I heard her again beating you this morning. She was cross and needed something or someone to take it out on. That someone always seems to be me. And yet you smile while washing her clothes. I can't understand it. <laughs> I smile because I know there is something or someone pulling me forward. I cling to the hope of freedom. When I look at the sun, the moon, and the stars, I think who could be the master of these beautiful things? And I feel a great desire to see him, to know him. It is what propels me on through each day, each hour. Well, I wish never to see a master again after all we have endured. Paquita, Venus, come at once and load the carriage. We're leaving. Leaving? What can he mean? I overheard them speaking of returning to Turkey. I think there is political unrest here in Sudan. Oh, Venus, maybe we will finally be free or, or sold to a family that treats us well. Time will tell, Bakita. Come before they find us twaddling. Bakita was sold once more, but this time to a fair diplomat named Signor Lignani. It was everything she had hoped for, 
a house filled with people that showed respect and love. She basked in the comfort of her simple life as a servant, but knew this wasn't the end of her journey. From the depths of her heart, she still felt something calling her to more, to freedom. She had years of solace living as a humble servant. Bakita was traded one last time to the Michelli family in Italy. She flourished in her role, raising the little girl, Mamina, and adored her company. <laughs> Bakita, Bakita! <laughs> Good morning. What has you so excited? Oh, Bakita, look at this beautiful day! This is the summer day I've been longing for. And it's the perfect day for gelato, don't you think? Every day is the perfect day for gelato to you, even in winter. <laughs> well, it is. Lucky for you. Just like your name, right? Hmm. Paquita wasn't always my name, you know. It wasn't? What was your name before? After so many years of torments, I can't remember. <gasps> you forgot your name? Oh, how awful. It was awful. But it led me to care for the most wonderful, loving child, so it was worth it. Bakita, did you hear Mother and Father are returning to Africa again? I did. Well, Father told me that we won't be joining this time. He's enrolled us both in boarding school in Venice. Isn't that wonderful? Venice? Oh, Mamina, that is wonderful. Boarding school, eh? Come, Bakita. The day's young and the gelatos waited. And so, Bakita and Mamina were sent to live and study with the Canosian sisters in Venice. Everything there was unfamiliar. The cobblestone streets, throngs of tourists, and a city bursting with life. Bakita worked diligently in school and was learning to read. But more than anything else, she loved learning about the church and the person of Jesus. Bakita would often sit alone in the church gazing at a small crucifix she had been given. Her heart fell at peace each time she saw Christ on the cross and felt moved by a mysterious power she had never known. The more she came to know Christ, the more she felt at home. She learned to pray and would speak to Jesus often. Lord, you were with me all along. It was you who pursued me all these years, who placed the desire on my heart to know your love. I've been searching for freedom and I finally found it in you. I look to the crucifix and know that all the suffering I've endured finds redemption on the cross. Please help me to love you more each day. Amen. One day after Mass, Bakita sat in her pew the city sounds muffled by the great stone church, and the lingering smell of incense filled Bakita with a sense of belonging. She felt at peace, knowing that Jesus was present in the Eucharist held within the tabernacle. She held her Bible, working to memorize a passage for class. Do you not know that the runners in the stadium, all run in the race, but only one wins the prize. 
prize. Run so as to win. Run so as to win. That is one of my favorite passages. And mine. Oh, Sister Maria, I find so much solace in these words. It's as though my heart has finally found rest after all these years. Your faith is remarkable, Bakita. Have you considered coming fully into the church? What do you mean? Would you like to be baptized? Oh yes, I would love that, but we are all set to leave Venice in a few days. The Michielis are on their way back. I'm not free to decide what to do with my life. You've told me once that you feel free since coming to know Christ. True freedom means having the courage to do what's right. Think about that. I will. Pray for guidance. The Lord will lead you. And Bakita, remember, run so as to win. Bakita had a calm and measured demeanor. She greeted everyone she encountered with a warm, soft smile. She was never quick to anger, only to forgive. It wasn't in her character to go against the tide, but she knew what had to be done. When the day arrived for her to leave, Bakita gathered her courage and prayed for strength. Oh, Papa, oh, how I missed you. Do tell me everything about your journey. <laughs> in time, little Mamina. Oh, look how you've grown in these nine months. <laughs> I'm nearly as tall as Mama. Mm. In time. All in good time. Bakita, thank you for watching over Mamina. Have you not packed your bags? Signor Michieli, I'm afraid I can't come. I don't understand. I have only just begun my education, and more than that, I wish to come into the Catholic Church. I want to be baptized. Come, Bakita. You have a duty to care for Mimina. Bakita, what can you mean? Oh, Mimina, how I love you. But I must stay. Signor Michelli looked into the deep brown eyes of Bakita and saw that she was resolute. He was furious. I have never been so disrespected. Come, Amina. We'll be back for her tomorrow when she's come to her senses. Signor Michelli was outraged. For three days he screamed and threatened, begged and pleaded. But Paquita refused to change her mind. The Canosian sisters came to her aid and decided to write to Cardinal Domenico Agostini. He wrote back immediately and arranged a meeting that very day. Paquita knew that her fate rested in his hands. Cardinal Agostini, thank you so much for coming all this way. 
Yes, what a nuisance for you to waste all this time on a matter so trivial. Well, Signor Michieli, as it so happens, it seems that this is far from trivial. Oh, come now. Bakita is coming home with me, and that's final. Well, you see, the truth of the matter is that the British outlawed slavery in Sudan years ago, so there is no legal pretense for her to remain enslaved. You can't mean... Moreover, slavery is illegal in Italy. I'm sure you were well aware of this. Signor Michelli sat stunned for a moment, before angrily storming from the room, finally giving up the fight. Bakita felt tears well in her eyes. Her heart soared. And so, young lady, it is an honor to inform you of something you've been waiting to hear for quite some time now. You are free. And so, after all her years as a slave, Bakita was baptized and took the name Josephine Bakita. She was 21 years old, and for the first time since she could remember, she was free. The world awaited her, but she knew the Lord was calling her to serve Him alone. She joyfully joined the religious order of the Canosians. Now, she was Sister Josephine Bakita. Her first assignment was in the small town of Schio in northern Italy. There, she was assigned the simple work of cooking for the mission. Ah, oh, it seems as though this work is endless. And have you noticed, no one ever seems to acknowledge our work. It's as though we're invisible to them. Forgive them, sister. It's through our labor, through our gift of self, that we can imitate Christ. Sister Bakita, you forgive so easily, and yet you've suffered so much. I can't understand it. Do you forgive everyone? What would you say to those kidnappers that brought you so much pain and suffering? If I was to meet those slave raiders that abducted me and those who tortured me, I'd kneel down to them to kiss their hands because if it had not been for them, I would not have become a Christian and religious woman. I suppose. Huh, that is true. Oh, sister, just being in your presence, I feel at peace. In God's will, there is great peace. And in the dirty dishes? <laughs> and in dirty dishes. The story of Bikita's life quickly began to circulate and the people that heard her incredible tale wanted to know more. In time, 
the mother superior of the Canosians approached her with an important question. Sister Bikita! Good morning, mother. How are you? I'm well, Bikita. There is something I've been meaning to ask you. Oh? Well, you see, your story is one that needs to be told. I would like you to dictate your biography, all the way from your capture in Sudan to freedom as one of our sisters, so that others can read your story and be inspired. Oh, well, mother, out of obedience to you, I will, of course, but I must admit, I don't think my story is anything worth telling. Oh, you're too modest. Just think of your hope. People need to hear that there is always hope in Christ, no matter how dark things may seem. If we had no hope in the Lord, what would we do in this world? Exactly. I will arrange for you to begin dictation tomorrow. Thank you, Bakita. I'm not the one to thank. It's God who has worked all good things through me. It's the story he has written. The whole of my life has been God's gift. And it is time for everyone to hear about this gift. Josephine Bikita had a way of leaving a palpable mark on the people she encountered, and the story of her life changed hearts across the world. She lived a simple, humble life as a sister, but radically loved the Lord. She had found relief and redemption. Every wound, bruise, and scar had been healed by Christ. When she was 78, after almost 50 years as a Canosian sister, she lay sick in bed. Her life was nearing its end. Her fellow sisters wept knowing that their beloved Bikita was in her final hours on earth. Oh, sister, we will miss you so. What are we to do without you? Love the Lord and pray for those who do not know him. What a grace it is to know God. I truly am the lucky one. Bakita took in the beauty of the sisters surrounding the bed and knew this was only a glimpse of the beauty awaiting her. She closed her eyes for the last time. the warmth of the sun shining on her face. She felt the tembuki grass grazing her legs. But this time, they didn't ache. She was running. She had always been running. She looked ahead and saw Jesus, smiling, 
his arms outstretched, waiting for his daughter. He was the savior she had been running to all along. He had always been there. And now, she was home. Josephine Bakita was canonized a saint in the year 2000 by Saint Pope John Paul II. She is the patron saint of human trafficking and Sudan, and her feast day is celebrated on February 8th. Her life serves as a reminder to hold on to hope no matter what trials we are facing. Christ is often referred to as the Hound of Heaven. He seeks us and desires for us to know and love Him. Even in the most difficult moments of Bakita's life, God was pursuing her. Saint Bakita's story is an example that God can work good through all things. He brought redemption out of her suffering and does the same through all of our trials and hardships. Saint Josephine Bakita let Christ's love charge her heart, forgiving her enemies and remaining Christ's humble servant. Let her life inspire you today to be quick to forgive, slow to anger, and ever trusting in God's plan for you. Let us all run to Christ, knowing that he has been pursuing us all along. Saint Josephine Bakita, pray for us. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. And we are the team of Saints Alive. We are so grateful for all of our wonderful listeners and need your help to keep this going. Please consider donating to our ministry through our Patreon account, which you can find through our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. A special thanks to our new patrons who are donating $5 a month and up these are families and individuals who donate to help us to continue Saints Alive. And a special thanks to our new patrons, the Westfall family, Lucas and J.P. Wagner, Nate and Juliet Majors, Sammy, Tony, Esther, Phoebe, and Hannah Almeida, Victoria, Leo, Maria Teresa, Joseph and Christy Cortez, the Folly family, Madeline, Lucia, Clara, Charlie and Luke Marsh, Joseph, Charlotte, Conrad, Jacob, and Rose Duda, Lucian Adamzak, 
the Lockard family, Margaret, Josephine, Clara, and Gemma Glass, Thomas and Edith Milner, Andrea and Alexander Diaz, the McRoskey family, the Hageman kids, Ella, Judah, and Gemma, the Castillo family, Joan Rose and John Paul Martin, Samson Blaze and Maximilian Smith, the young families of Our Lady of Hope Parish in Washington, Indiana, Michael, Daniel, and Mary Cadigan, the Carter family, Lucy, Dennis, Judy, and Jack Janda, Johnny Sobieski, the Stepanen boys, Joey, Tommy, Jacob, CJ, and Peter, and Kinley, Kyler, and the entire Anderson family, and George, Anna, Mary, Lizzie, and Joseph. Thank you all so much. And don't forget to check out our next episode on St. Joseph, premiering March 13th.